Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome players to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. The fantasy football show for all the Zay Jones lovers. <laughs> hey Mendy here hosting and playing referee with my guy John Van Etten. How's it going? Always well. Couldn't be better. How's that weekend up in Maine? How's the weather there? It's the week. It's raining today, but... You know, it was all sunny all weekend, so. Was it nice weather? Like, we talking about, like, go outside and just perfect 70s? Just, just sit, sit outside on the water and get sunburned. Oh, that's perfect. And uh, we got our boy Eric Mendelson here. What's up, E? Uh, not much. Always a great day when you start talking Zay Jones early. <laughs> you guys are Zay- beating me to it. <laughs> <laughs> How many uh, Oreo Rice Krispie Treats did you eat this weekend, you fatty? Uh, probably more than 10. That's why. <laughs> We need a nickname for you. You'll be fatty. And uh, <laughs> joining us this week, we got a Broncos expert and sports writer for the Score Crow. He's a contributor at NewLifeFantasy.com and Fantasy Six Pack. He's a teacher just like myself and a fantasy guy. He ain't done yet. We're talking about Jake Dun- Jacob Dunn. How you doing, man? <laughs> That's right, man. Ain't done. I'm doing well, guys. I'm happy to be on here with you guys. No, oh, we really appreciate you coming on. How's uh, quarantine life treating you? Quarantine life ain't too bad, man. When, uh, you know, like the weather out here, you know, is in the 80s and 90s, man. It's perfect weather over here in Colorado. I love it. Uh, so you're a teacher as well. So what subject do you teach? So I'm actually an ESL teacher. So okay. for those who don't know, it's English as, as a second language. So Are you- I teach anywhere from kindergarten to 12th grade i'm trying to learn spanish as a second language (laughs) nice nice you know i usually help those kids whose first language is spanish or something else try to bridge that gap between spanish and english or whatever language they speak that's awesome man i mean it's cool because i feel like i'm I'm a phys ed teacher and i feel like that sometimes Mm -hmm. our we get swept under the carpet because they're like oh it's not english it's not math it's not science that we're not one of those flashy subjects so it's like it's nice talking with someone that they consider not as important in the uh, teaching field you know david to quote that is vital to to quote school of rock those who can't do teach and those who can't teach teach gym (laughs) wow (laughs) i have no comeback for that yes (laughs) brutal well we have a great show planned for today we have in the huddle, we have the AFC West preview. We're going to go through each team in the AFC West, and our experts are going to provide the top rookie, fantasy hero, fantasy zero, and sleeper for each team. After our team previews, we have our question of the week. Which past or present NFL player has the best Twitter handle? And finally, our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, let's get to our news and notes. News and notes. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I had a couple minor news and notes talking about like Teddy Bridgewater's arm strength. So I was really reaching, but we had a big news drop yesterday. 
with Cam Newton signing with the Patriots for a league minimum deal worth up to $7.5 million in incentives. Newton can again hit the market next year after this prove-it deal, and the Patriots can recoup a third-round pick if he departs to replace the third-round pick they just lost in 2021 for the Banglegate scandal. We're going to break this down from every angle uh, before we get to the AFC West preview because I think this is a big thing to touch upon. So my first question, and Jacob, I'll start with you. Is this a good match? Is this like a match made in heaven for Cam and the Patriots? Uh, I honestly, th- I honestly think it's a great move. In terms of, we all thought that the Patriots were just going to be a wasteland team this year. At least I did. Uh, I thought for once we were going to say that they'll be a top five team in the draft. You know, um, so it's just insane that none of these bottom barrel teams like the Jaguars or Browns even reached out to him or even signed him because he was he was the MVP not five years ago, and now the Patriots, who are supposed to be a wasteland team, now gets a extremely talented quarterback, albeit, yes, he's had some accuracy issues and he's been hurt, but all of the physical say that he's healthy and ready to go, so I think it's a great move. John, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it, it almost seemed too easy and too obvious and then it didn't look like it was going to happen lose an mvp quarterback gain an mvp quarterback um i mean if it helps the patriots if only people stop talking about this this bangle gate thing that i'm actually not even that interested in because of everything <laughs> eric what about you it's a good match uh bill belichick's like signing players that give him difficulty and cam newton is 2-0 and with seven total touchdowns against the patriots in his career and uh i think there was a press conference he had like two or three years ago, saying how Cam Newton is the number one dual threat quarterback in his eyes. So I think it was only a matter of time before you know we kind of connected the dots. I did see a crazy stat where Cam Newton only has 26 less rushing yards than every Patriots quarterback since 1979. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow, that's a nugget right He's there. He's only 26 yards short of that, <laughs> which I guess he won't be able to surpass it if he uh, stays with the Pats. <laughs> so this next question... Just yes or no, Eric, I'll start with you. Are they the AFC East favorites now? No, and that's because I bet 60 on the Bills uh, over nine <laughs> wins on Saturday. So doesn't look as good now. <laughs> but I got to stick with it. Well, you know Eric's going to be wrong, so I would definitely take the Patriots now. If yes, that doesn't alone get you. Uh, John, what about you? Oh, I think for sure. I was never a big Josh Allen Bills guy either. We talked about that when we talked about the Bills, but I was never behind them. So this just gives me a better excuse. And Jacob, what do you think? Uh, I honestly think the Bills defense is too nasty not to win that division. So I think that was a good bet with the 60 bucks, even though, like you said, it doesn't look as good. But uh, I would still roll with the Bills. So then let's move to the Patriots pass catchers, their value. And Jacob, I'll start right back with you. Do you see this affecting any pass catcher's value? Do you see, again, we're going to start with the pass catchers first, and then we'll move to the running backs. Do you see this helping Julian Edelman's value? Do you see Nikhil Harry being a now a deep sleeper you can go pick up at the end of your draft? What are you thinking about the Patriots pass catchers now? Yeah, I immediately thought Nikhil Harry's going to get a huge bump in value because he's a huge wide out and we all know that cam newton loves those huge wide outs because he's not extremely accurate he can just toss up the ball to those tall big wide outs a la kelvin benjamin you know so 
I think Harry's value, he goes from possibly undrafted to, yeah, I'll take a late flyer on him for sure. John, what do you think? I think I think he said it well. I mean, all the pass catchers get a boost in value because I, I'm not convinced by Jared Stinneman. It looks like the Pats weren't either. So uh, that's an upgrade at quarterback, which means it's an upgrade at receiver. Mm. Eric? I'd say a slight bump. He has a career completion percentage of 59.6, and obviously Stidham's is lower, but he doesn't have a large sample size. You're bringing Cam Newton in for his dual threat, not because he's the most accurate passer. So I agree with Jacob. I think a bump in Nikhil Harry. I think someone like Julian Edelman that that relied on a good rapport with Tom Brady won't really change his value too much. So then let's lastly touch on the running backs and how it's going to affect their value. And we actually got a question about this uh about what it's going to do for sony michelle's value but we're also going to as well let's see how it affects james white's value so eric i know you're really chomping at the bit to get to this part so (laughs) what do you think this uh does to affect sony michelle and james white's value well i think for sony michelle there's an article that came out a couple days ago that he could start the season on the pup list but i actually think this hurts his value he's slow and i think the read option or um, you know, Cam Newton running the ball or any any end arounds or trick plays is going to be better with a quicker running back like Damian Harris or James White. And Sony Michelle gets a lot of value from getting goal line and short touchdowns. And Cam Newton is now a threat to steal him. So I, I actually think that this hurts Sony Michelle. Slight bump for White and Damian Harris just because they're a little more quicker. I think one might point out that once Cam Newton had Christian McCaffrey, you saw how many balls he dumped his way. And people are saying that could correlate well for James White and that now, the, uh, especially if Newton's not trying to get hit as much, he might dump it to the quick under routes of James White and, and Julian Edelman going back to the receivers discussion. But John, running back wise, what do you think this does? This might be a first. I came in with a different opinion and Eric might have actually changed my mind for the first time on the pod ever. You put that on public airwaves? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, I was I was in here thinking versatility breeds unpredictability, which helps you know, a a rising tide helps all ships, but I think Eric made some great points with, with James White and RPOs Mm -hmm. and the way the offenses are running these days where he's probably going to be the main benefactor. Mm -hmm. And then Jacob, put a cherry on top of this. What do you think this ultimately does for the the running backs? Yeah. I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record player, but I feel like James White was quarterback proof. You know, it could have been Brady. It could have been Stidham or now it's Newton. I think whether, one of those quarterbacks we're starting, it's going to be James White, who's going to get, I mean, anywhere from 60 to 80 catches. So I think his value, if it, like, I was big on White with Stidham. Now with Newton, I think he gets an upgrade, just like you gentlemen well said. You know, he is the running back to own. I'm I'm not a huge fan in Sony Michelle um, or... Damien Harris as of this year. So I think James White is definitely the back to own. So I want to amend something I put up yesterday. I put a clapping Sony Michelle emoji when, when this move happened. And I kind of want to scale that back a little bit because I, at first I thought it was going to be really good for his value. And, and to be fair, the Patriots have led the NFL in red zone rush percentage since 2016. Um, they love to run the ball when they're in close. And again, uh, you have the same coaching staff. So I think that they're going to similarly stick to that kind of game plan. And he is the right now, the guy that they use at the goal line. 
And I think you combine that with Cam Newton's coming off a, a major foot injury. He had a shoulder injury. I, I don't think he's going to be diving at the one like he used to. I think that's one thing that he may be scaled back and make a business decision on that end. He's, you think he's going to be shying back a little bit a la the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's horrible. But, yeah, I, I think Von Miller. I, I, I think he's – I'm not saying he's not going to run, but I do think that he's going to limit the amount of times he lunges at the goal line. And I think that's Sony Michelle taking that. And um, again, I just think that that might help his value in that sense. But again, you have the unpredictability of Sony Michelle, who, if I'm not mistaken, scored half his rushing touchdowns in one game last year. So uh, it's a very unpredictable player. And I think as, as long as his value sinks, that it could be a good buy. But if his value... Uh, either stays the same or, or goes up, then I might stay away. But it, I think it's important to know that the Patriots do still like to run the ball in close and, and just keep an eye on him because I think he could be someone that's worth uh, picking up if he his draft stock fades a little bit. David, I will agree with you on that. I think Cam Newton will run less. He has 934 mm-hmm. career carries and 291 sacks taken. So he's been hit a lot. Yeah, he leads the NFL in sacks since he's been in the league. Wow. Um, but yeah, again, at the same time, it's, I think he's going to make a business decision, but will that, will Damian Harris be the benefactor? And like Eric said, he's coming in already with some injury questions. So I think just like every year, the Patriots backfield, is very unknown going in because there's so many bodies there, but they bring back Jonas Gray for a week. Wow. <laughs> um, well, hope if everybody, you like what you're hearing so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball show that you can check out. Also available anywhere you get your podcasts. While you're there, how about being a pal? Leave us a five-star rating and review. Follow our social media at Trip Play Fantasy. Help us keep growing and working to provide you with funny and informative content. Eric, the, uh, the noob over there, runs a great social media for our account. Provides great daily questions and uh, gifts. I think that's how it's pronounced. Along with our daily uh, or our weekly episode drops. Lastly, tell a friend about us who will tell a friend about us who will tell a friend. And before you know it, we may rule the world. But it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. All right. Now that our plug is done, let's go to the AFC West preview. And we are going to start with the Denver Broncos. And those Denver Broncos ranked as one of the worst offenses in the league in 2019. The Broncos scored 17.6 points per game, which ranked 28th and had just under uh, 300 total yards per game, which also ranked 28th. They rushed for 103 yards per game, which ranked 20th, and passed for 194 yards per game, which ranked 28th. They had a 58% to 42% run ratio, uh, pass-to-run ratio, and which all ultimately didn't show up in their passing volume. Now, there's a lot of hype this season with Drew Locke coming into his second year, and they had the additions of Melvin Gordon, rookies Jerry Judy, and K.J. Hamler. They also had the returning young stars and assets of Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, and Noah Fant to lead an intriguing skill position group for Locke to throw to, which could make the Broncos a potential wildcard contender in 2020. Is this the team? Is this team all trot or no gallop? This is the horse equivalent to bark and bite for those that might not know. Jacob, give us your beat on the Broncos. Yeah, I just want to say that was beautifully said. <laughs> Thanks, man. There is <laughs> yeah, there is so much there is so much optimism here that we're almost getting too much hype from the public because of how well we drafted or you know, like 
we won't know how well that the Broncos drafted until they actually play. But there's so much optimism in terms of we drafted Judy in the first, Hamler in the second to pair with Sutton. That's insane. And then we signed Melvin Gordon. So Gordon and Lindsey. I mean, along with Fant, there's just so much optimism that it's like, I wish that the national media would take a step back and just let us do our thing and not have the Broncos have a big head. But I do love what I do love the direction that they're going. And even though I would have preferred them to take an offensive lineman in the second round, I do like that Hamler pick if he's going to return kicks for us and if he's going to be our deep threat to take pressure off of Sutton and Judy. I mean, this offense does on paper look like it has the potential, like you said, to be a wild card team for sure. So then who's your rookie of the year to start out kind of the rundown for the the Broncos? So I think it's obvious, but I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. You know, Mm -hmm. Denver definitely wasn't expecting him to fall in their laps at 15, but lo and behold, he was there. So it's, it was just a no brainer pick. The fact that he can play on the outside and in the slot gives him a lot of flexibility in this offense. So he'll beat Denver's number two wideout opposite Sutton. And I believe he can reach the 1,000-yard mark uh, in his rookie year or somewhere close to it. So Judy's definitely my pick. What about your fantasy MVP for the Broncos? So I'm going to go with Drew Locke. And Mm. so I say that just because—oh, actually, shoot. So Drew Locke. (laughs) Actually, my sleeper pick. <laughs> That's okay. No, well, let's start with your sleeper then. Go ahead, Drew Locke. All right. Okay, well, hey, I got that momentum going with Drew Locke. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I call him a sleeper because according to Fantasy Pros, he's like the 23rd quarterback taken uh, in mock drafts so far. And, you know, w- with all the weapons that we have said that the Broncos have added, why not take a shot on Locke late in your draft and see if he pans out? You know, all uh Patrick Mahomes was taken uh, in his second year when he first became the starter. He was one of the last quarterbacks taken. It's like, why not take a flyer to see if he can live up to the hype? And why not take Locke in like the last round? So he's definitely my sleeper pick, who could be the MVP, according to Colin Cowherd. But I just want people to just hold up on that for a second. I think that's that's crazy. I think it's a little crazy to MVP, but I think if you were to put the definition of a QB2 as far as someone in a one QB draft where you're going to take someone as kind of a last, like towards the end of the draft flyer to have that huge upside, that if he were to boom, you would have him along with a starter that you drafted earlier on. Or if you're in a two QB league, him being one of your top two uh, second tier QBs to get. I I, I love Drew Locke this year. I, I think you hit it on the head. I, I think... You don't have to overdraft him if you choose to wait on quarterback. He's a great target later on. He's got so many weapons around him. I mean, uh, there's if he doesn't succeed, it's on him. So I think um, that's a great call. What about your fantasy MVP? So fantasy MVP, I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton. You know, uh, Sutton was one of several young wideouts to break out last year, and I think he takes an even bigger step this year. And a lot of people may think, well, they have Judy, they have Fant, they have Hamler, Gordon, Lindsay, they have so many mouths to feed. How can Sutton live up to that hype or even be better? Well, he's going to 
he's not going to have as much attention as he would if there was no one around him. So I think those picks at wideouts were extremely in Sutton's favor. And if you have him in a dynasty league, I would I would be jumping for joy right now because he I could definitely see him having around 1200 yards, eight to 10 touchdowns this year with like 80 to 90 catches. Like, I think, I think he's going to have, I think he's going to have a wide receiver one year. And I, he's definitely my pick for the Broncos for MVP. So you're not worried with the additions of Judy and Hamler there, along with the emergence of Noah Fant and having two guys in the backfield with Lindsey and Gordon that might catch the ball, that his value could go down from last year when he was kind of the one trick pony one, the only kind of person to throw the ball to. He was the, the star of the show last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I totally get that, but I truly believe that having all those weapons around Sutton is definitely going to allow him to run wild on single coverage. I mean, he's six foot four. He's a beast. You know, his body type is a Randy Moss type. I'm not comparing him to Randy Moss, but I do, but with that size, with just like a single, with just a single cornerback covering him, I think he's going to run wild despite all the other weapons on the team. I think that when the cards are down, Locke's going to look for his huge target there getting a one-on-one coverage. I'm with you. I think Cortland Sutton has top five wide receiver upside. Top five. five. Yeah. Love it. He is I a do athletic freak. Did you partake of Go ahead. I just love the same with you. I'm not comparing him to Randy Moss. I'm just saying he's pretty similar. I'm, not... <laughs> I'm just saying body type. He's fast. You know, he's a poor man's Randy. There you go. Eric, Eric, did you partake in an illegal substance before the show with that take? No, I love that just, take. That's just, just, fl- just flaming hot takes. Okay. <laughs> it's documented. Uh, all right. Well, then we got to get to the, the downer part of it. Who's your fantasy zero and who are you staying away from in drafts for the Broncos? So it was honestly really hard for me to come up with a fantasy zero for the Broncos because I think everyone is going to produce the way that their ADP is going. I think that's right where they should be. So I'm going to dig deep as far as like a deep league goes. You know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go with KJ Hamler, who was our second round draft pick, who we brought in to be our slot guy, our deep threat. I think since it is his rookie year, I think it's mostly going to that. Handler's mostly going to be a decoy. He's going to help stretch the field. He's going to help open up the middle of the field for Sutton and Judy uh, and for Fant. So I think Hamler, if you are drafting him in a dynasty or you're in a really deep league and you're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle, sure, go for it. But I think he's not going to be consistent or, you know, he's going to have a big play or two, but I wouldn't rely on him this year. Just because he's going to be learning the offense, and I really, truly think he will be a decoy this year. Jacob, what will be the Broncos' record? So I actually had uh, I recently wrote an article giving my prediction um, game by game, and I have them landing at ten and six. And wow. I know that's a little bit optimistic. But I actually think that's also realistic because I do have them losing to a lot of great teams. But I also do have them beating the Chiefs at home, which I know is a stretch. But if Case Keenum can almost do it, I think that Locke can do it. Where well, is this just, eject from the pod button? I just want to let you know another bet I made was the Broncos under seven and a half wins. So hoping they lose a lot. I don't know. Whoa, I don't think. Okay, man, I'll be super surprised if they go anywhere under 
seven and nine, eight and eight, honestly. But it could happen if Locke isn't who we think he could be or all the hype that's surrounding him just because, I, mean, I don't know. And Elway has such a great track record on quarterbacks. I mean, it's just an embarrassment of riches over there. So, I'll burn. It's true, though. I can't argue that. Yeah. He, Jacob's just waiting so he can trash your Raiders when you do your Raiders breakdown. Here They're we too go. smooth to be trashed. Uh, well, <laughs> the one thing I will say before we move to our next team is we had, um, I don't know, Jacob, do you remember uh, Jacoby Ford? Um, he was the wide receiver for the Broncos in like the early 2010s with like Jason Campbell Raiders. and Al Davis. Yeah. Was, so like he was with the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. So we had him on um, this past week and really? he's, he, uh, he said he works out with KJ Hamler and he said he is going to open eyes this year. He said that boy is special. He, he said wow. like he is, he is literally going to take the league by storm. So I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Yeah. I also <laughs> heard, uh, Ocho Cinco say that he's also a wide receiver one, which I was like, oh my gosh, please stop hyping all the all all of these Broncos so much. But hey, I mean, if it's coming out of more than one former wideout's mouth like Jacoby Ford, I mean, I'm excited, man. That was great to hear. Yeah, so when he said that, I was like, got to put him on my sleeper list and bump him up. Like, I, I think I got to get a piece of him. He's like, I think Eric, you said he looked like Deshaun Jackson or something, or someone said he was like Deshaun Jackson. That's high praise. I said that for Brandon Ayuk. Um, Okay. No. Um, <laughs> I well, like I can't. I can't wait anymore. I have to talk about my boys, Kansas City Chiefs. Boo! <laughs> David's a Last, fan. Don't even. Don't even go there. We know where this, this is a 15-year commitment I've made to this team that finally won me a chip. David changes how long he's been a fan. I've been a fan since 2001. No, it's literally like the 2003-4 season, like roughly around there. But anyway. Last season, your Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs, went 12 and 4 and won the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. They won the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. They won the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> David cried during the Super Bowl. David cried during the Super Bowl. Uh, the Chiefs Did ranked. I David cried during the Super Bowl. <laughs> Love it. The Chiefs ranked 20 with. Uh, they ranked second in the league, 29.9 points per game, only behind the Baltimore Ravens, and ranked fourth with 384 total yards per game. In terms of passing yards, they ranked fourth with 282 passing yards a game, and the Chiefs ranked 22nd in rushing yards with just over 100 yards per game. With arguably the best skill group on offense returning as a full unit from last year's Super Bowl run, along with a similar defense, look for the Chiefs to make it back-to-back. Super Bowls. Wow. I'm quitting this pot if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so let me start with rookie of the year. And I was going to just be hilarious and give like a, a relevant rookie, but they only drafted one offensive rookie. The rest were defensive players. So of course I got to go with Clyde Glide, Clyde Edwards. He mm-hmm. listed at five foot seven and 207 pounds, which is the exact same measurements as Maurice Jones drew. Yeah. You're so, not comparing him though. I don't know. He's going to be better. Uh, so if you look at Raiders, great Maurice Jones. (laughs) So if you look at LSU last year, he finished the year with 215 carries for, uh, 1,414 rushing yards, 55 catches for 453 receiving yards and 17 total touchdowns. If you want to talk about a pro offense, that's LSU's as pro as it gets. They're the best of the best. Andy Reid has already said he's better than Brian Westbrook before he's played an NFL snap. Wow. Patrick Mahomes literally said that was the player he wanted more than any other player in this entire draft. 
he's a first round pick. If you don't think that a guy that's going to be drafted in the first round is not going to be on the field until midseason, you're crazy. I would expect him to share touches with Damian Williams for maybe the first two to three weeks. But after mm-hmm. that, I think it's literally going to be the Eddie H show as early as week three or week four, as I was saying. Um, again, you take him from this high-octane LSU offense, and he happened to land in the top, arguably the top offense in the league in Kansas City. You look at Andy Reid's track record with number one running backs, and you have Brian Westbrook, you have Jamal Charles, you have Kareem Hunt. These are guys that Andy Reid gives the ball to, whether it's carrying or catching the ball, and they produce year in and year out. And I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't think it's going out on a limb to say he's a solid round two or round three pick. Right now, he's currently RB16 on Fantasy Pros. I'm going to have him as high as the number seven running back in PPR. I think he's top seven already before anything else. And I only have him behind CMC, uh, Saquon Barkley, Zeke, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, and Miles Sanders. So those are the only six I have ahead of him right now. I think he's he's literally destined to just ball out. I think he's going to be a monster. Good. No ta- no uh, opposing takes. I like it. Um, fantasy hero, Travis Kelsey. And this is just, I could just literally pick whichever one you want. Travis Kelsey, Chiefs leading receiver last year with 97 catches and had 1,229 receiving yards and five touchdowns. Five touchdowns is low for him. I expect that to go a little higher this season. He was first in fantasy points per game, targets, receptions, and receiving yards at tight end and had a 24.4% target share. Uh, 14 deep targets and a 94.1 snap share, which ranked second among tight ends. He's already top 10 in yards per target and yards per reception and yards after catch. They're already in the league, and he's the best tight end pair with the best quarterback. So it's hard to argue otherwise him being a, a fantasy hero at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I when think did Kittle get when the best tight end Kittle go to the Chiefs? <laughs> oh, love you, John. <laughs> for you, Eric. <laughs> uh, for a run first offense with a, a coach like Kyle Shanahan, I will take a pass first offense, tight end first anyway. Okay. Uh, but He's going to be the one or two tight end. He's been the one or two tight end the last four years. So you know he's consistent. And he's the most targeted Chiefs pass catcher. So at the end of the day, Travis Kelsey is as safe as a back-end one early second-round pick as you can get. And if you want to talk about George Kittle, again, he's going in round two. In most drafts, like late, early round three. And for the amount he blocks, which they love his blocking, Kelsey is not known as an amazing blocker. He's an average blocker. So Kittle's doing a lot of other things for that team. I'm just scared of that he's not going to have as many yards and touchdowns uh, and opportunity as Travis Kelsey will. But that moves me to my fantasy zero. And the only realistic one for me is Sammy Watkins. And he's the easy choice. Watkins had the most receiving yards last year since 2015 or since his 2015 season. He did. He's only reached the 1,000-yard mark once in his career. Last year, he had... 90 targets for 52 catches and 673 receiving yards and three touchdowns at all three of those came in week one. Um, that was when Tyreek went down and he had nine catches for 198 yards and three touchdowns that game. His 90 targets were good for a 19% target share that ranked him 40th overall at receiver. And he just turned 28. Uh, so at this point, you know, he's, he's not getting any younger at this point. They have the town, the town is there. Um, but his opportunity, productivity, and efficiency metrics just don't jump off the page to me. You have Demarcus Robinson, who's going to you know take some work, but then 
ultimately they're grooming Nicole Hardman to be mm-hmm. the number two. He's on a rookie deal. Um, and he, if you haven't watched his workouts this off season, he is like stepping it up a whole nother level. He's added muscle to his frame. He's working on his quickness. I, I think he's going to, yeah, I'm preluding to my sleepers, but I think he's going to be a lot more of a factor at the number two position this year, the number two wide receiver. Sammy Watkins even said in January that he wasn't sure if he was going to commit to playing football next season. So you don't know if his head's 100% in it. And ultimately, again, like I'm saying, that he's he's on a one-year deal. And the Chiefs, he's not going to be with the Chiefs after this season, especially when they have to pay Patrick Mahomes, they have to pay Chris Jones. There's other people they have to pay. He's going to be gone. So they're not going to make him a huge part of this season's game plan. I'm sure there'll be some games he explodes. Like every year, there's that one or two games he has. But he's not going to be a focus of integrating in the offense um, with Patrick Mahomes because he won't be there past this year. So I think that's why Nicole Hardman is going to step up and get more uh, targets from Patrick Mahomes. You know what's funny about Watkins is that he went off in week one. So everyone rushed to grab him. They spent their number one waiver on him, all their fab on him. Um, and I know a few uh, – I know the dude in my league, he wouldn't trade for – or he wouldn't trade him for nothing but a haul. And he started <laughs> him every week, yet he never lived up to that week one just – insane stats so it sounds just... like sounds like noobs this is the sammy Watkins story through <laughs> that exactly. no, i mean I, I think it's interesting because you had it was glad you bring that up because tyreek hill went down and they already said he was going to miss like a chunk of time so everybody's like the number one pass catcher in the chief's offense like i better see an rb1 for him and i think that's just a lesson it's like hey anytime someone's value is that high you got to trade them while they're that like their value is is as high as it's going to get, you know, like don't, don't hold out for something that's unrealistic. But if you look at, I think you look at the trends of their career and you're like, okay, um, whether it's injury, whether it's just never, I just think it's one of those situations you got to understand when to sell. And I think that's hopefully people learn from Sammy Watkins. Right. Um, last, just real quick sleeper, McCole Harmon, I already preluded. He's runs a four, three, three, 40, 99 percentile player as far as speed. Volume wasn't there last year. He was the fifth or sixth option most weeks. Caught 26 balls for 538 yards and six touchdowns. 23.1% touchdown rate, which is not going to be sustainable with that volume. But I do expect that he's going to be groomed as the RB or as the wide receiver too. And again, he's bulked up, quick and as strong as ever. He tweets back and forth with Patrick Mahomes. And I like guys that tweet with Patrick Mahomes because I know that they have a good rapport. God, keep it in your pants. <laughs> so... You know that that relationship is there. He's got a, a 123 NFFC ADP, and I um I think he's a great get for Dynasty especially, but someone that in redraft leagues you can snag later and uh, could be a flex-worthy player pretty quickly. So I, I think that's kind of, for me, Cole Hardman, he's the ultimate high upside, uh, but he has a very low floor as well. Any questions, comments, or concerns from the peanut gallery? I'm done talking about the Chiefs. Let's move on to the next team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move to our next team. The Los Angeles Raiders. Los or, Angeles oh, Raiders. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was I even like tried up. for a second. Hello, Las Vegas Raiders. Another year, <laughs> more mediocrity. The franchise is looking to turn the corner after a rough last few years in Oakland and looking to start fresh. The main assets are Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, rookie Henry Ruggs, Derek Carr, 
Tyro Williams and other notable skill players with Hunter Renfro being relevant in probably a deeper league. Surprisingly, the Raiders ranked 12th in total yards, 13th in rushing yards, and 8th in, eighth in passing yards per game. Yet they ranked 24th with only 19.6 points per game. That's depressing. With all the pieces added specifically at wide receiver in the draft this offseason, the Raiders are looking to ride that offense into relevancy for the 2020 season. So, John, give us our Raiders review. Well, you said it. They are going to ride that offense into relevancy. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, just off the rookie, the rookie of the year, you know, it's going to be Henry Ruggs. He's going to be number one receiver, number two receiver, just walking in. Gruden wanted a burner last year with A.B. He built a whole offense around having A.B. We know how that turned out. But if anything, they're just going to be feeding rugs to prove themselves right because they've been hearing all this. They should have taken Lamb, should have taken Judy. But Gruden and, and Mayock are going to make sure that people know that they should have taken Henry Ruggs, the man in the bathrobe during the NFL draft, the smoothest receiver <laughs> taken in the NFL draft. And he's certainly going to be their rookie of the year. Fantasy hero, I waffled a little bit between Waller and Jacobs just because Waller is such a, a special talent, with especially with the receiving sort of opening up around him. But I'm sticking with Jacobs, with Ruggs being a burner stretch in the field. Uh, he's, their boxes aren't going to be as, as stacked and daunting. And PFF said he's the most elusive back based on their their metric. So he's due to break a ton, and especially with all the open running space, it's just going to be a boon for him. They added a couple running backs uh, just so it's not just obvious if Jacobs is in, it's a run play. Richard is in, it's a pass play to try and put a little bit of mix in there. Is John, is Josh Jacobs a top 10 running back in PPR? Yes. Because okay. even, even last game, Derek Carr, or last year, Derek Carr wouldn't dump it off to him as much. That could be because he was a rookie running back but he was still dumping it off a little bit and once he gets the ball in open space it's it's so dangerous he's so elusive and so he's a not, tough runner so you're not worried about the presence of pass catcher extraordinaire Jalen Richard there Jalen <laughs> Richard <laughs> <laughs> you got to put a little like accent on his name yeah, they, Richard. He, he's he's not going to steal too much from Jacobs like I said they're trying to mix it up a little bit so it's not as as blatant that uh when Richard's in it, it's going to be a pass play okay. John what do you say to those people who say that Waller's year is a one-year wonder? Well, I say look at his story. This was his first year back from, you know, going through all his troubles and demons. And to, to say that he only has one year, I think that's that's almost offensive. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a man who's, who's put in the work and he's he's reaping the rewards for it. And the Raiders love tight ends consistently, even going back to Zach Miller. So I really think he's going to be a constant theme here. And John, kind of going with your argument, if you said you have like Henry Ruggs, Tyrell Williams stretching the field, that's going to be so much room under for Darren Waller to like operate. Exactly. And that's why I was going a bit between him and Josh Jacobs. But when you have such a stud at running back and running backs, the most important fantasy position, you know, you, you got to go with the guy who runs the hardest. I like that. All right. So then who's your fantasy zero? And this one I'm sure is going to get a lot of talking. That's uh, Interesting one. If you listen, you know, last year, even to some of the other episodes this year in the offseason, I'm a little tired of Derek Carr uh, with all <laughs> with all the new offensive weapons. He really doesn't have any new any excuses um, this year. Everything's on him. And I think Mariota at some point at the end of the season is starting uh, over Derek Carr. And when you draft a quarterback, you want him to be around for the playoff push in the fantasy playoffs. So so by definition, that would make him a zero if he's not starting. 
So is it going to be, uh, what is it, um, uh, Tank for Trevor? Is that going to be the Raiders by midseason? No, they're, they're making the playoffs, and it's going to be on the back of Mariota. Wow. wow. All, right. All right. And on the feet of Mariota. How soon? He's, he's more similar to Rich Gannon, which was the last good Raiders QB. that. Don't you off. dare insult our guest, Jason Campbell. <laughs> yeah, 6-0 <six and laughs> division record. That Gruden had. That Gruden had. That's what I was okay. – he was the last. He was sort of the last great QB that mm. uh, Gruden really had. And Mariota's game is a little bit more similar. He can scamper a bit, and you know I love a QB who can scamper. <laughs> and the sleeper. This was a fun one. Um, I legitimately think they're two wide receivers they took back to back, or offensive weapons they took back to back. Brian Edwards and Lynn Bowden Jr. are huge sleepers with upside. Bowden three played three positions at Kentucky. You know, that's a more athletic, a more fun Taysom Hill who can actually catch and and run and throw. Taysom Hill can barely do all three, but at least Lynn Bowden played all three in the SEC and did it are well. You call, are you calling Lynn Bowden already better than Taysom Hill? Yes, I am. Well, <laughs> Taysom Hill has... Full of hot takes today. That's all right. Taysom Hill has six plays in his under his belt in his career. So it's not, not even an experience thing that you can point to. Wow. And then Brian Edwards... He was taken in the third round, but the Raiders reportedly had him at a first round grade and then he broke his foot, which caused him to drop a little bit. And, you know, you don't want to say people are injury prone, like like Darius Geis said, you know, sometimes stuff just happens. So nice. I really think Darius Geis. Yeah, exactly. I think he has a lot of upside there. Uh, All right. Well, does anybody have any talk back to John's takes here or should we move on to the Chargers? Well, I'm curious really quick. How long until Mariota is the starting quarterback there? I've been I've been having week ten stuck in my head just because they have such an early buy. But I mean, depending on how boring Derek Carr is throwing the ball with all those weapons, it, it could be the Tampa game, the, the Tampa Brady game in week seven. <laughs> Tampa, love it. Right on. All right. Well, let's get to our last team in our AFC West division preview, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers. This time I got it right. And Old fighting Phil Rivers, he gone. Veteran Tyrod Taylor and rookie Justin Herbert will now battle for the quarterback spot this season. Good old Melvin Gordon, he gone. Now Austin Eckler's in the backfield after having an amazing season last year. They still have the same great weapons in the receiving game with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry. The Chargers rank 21st with 21 average points per game, yet 10th in total offense and 367 total yards per game. They ranked 28th with 90.8 rushing yards per game and ranked 6th with 276.6 passing yards per game. Their 62.5 pass to 37.5 run ratio is evident in their team passing and rushing yard totals. So they obviously, again, they were a team that loved to pass the ball last year. So Eric, give us your chargers of choice. Sure. Hero, uh, I think you got to go Austin Eckler. Really broke onto the scene last year. Dual threat. He had ninety. He had ninety-two catches, which was tenth best in the NFL for nine hundred ninety-three yards and only one drop. So pretty efficient catching the ball. Also had one hundred thirty-two carries for five hundred fifty-seven yards and eleven total touchdowns. And they just re-signed him to a four-year extension. So I think he's going to get a pretty full workload early on. My rookie, another running back, Joshua Kelly. Um, the backup, or I guess third string last year, Justin Jackson, had 29 carries for the entire season. I know he was injured with a strained calf, but I don't think they really view him as someone that could have a potential full, full workload. Kelly was the fourth-round pick out of UCLA. He had 12 rushing touchdowns each of his last two years. 
And after not scoring a rushing touchdown his rookie year, in the last four years, Melvin Gordon has 36 scoring uh, scoring touchdowns, and a lot are in close. So I think the Chargers like to pound the ball in close. I don't think Austin Eckler's a bruiser, a goal line back. So I think Josh Joshua Kelly is going to vulture a lot. I have told him, let me have two takes before you continue. When you guys hear Kelly, do you think of Fat Rob Kelly? Because when I hear kind that of. now, it's kind, kind of, of permanently in my head. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the other take is, I want to. I'll let you get to the rest of them. But while we're on Austin Eckler, I want to be clear. I have him as RB eight in PPR, but I am not drafting him this year. I am not touching him. I think that he has three games in his career where he's had fifteen or more carries. Just three. Those games he had fifteen carries for sixty six yards and a touchdown. Next game he had seventeen carries for sixty six yards and a touchdown. The week after that, or the time after, eighteen carries for sixty yards and a touchdown. So he got progressively worse because this was all last season. He got progressively worse as the season went on, and he got more carries. So I think part of his efficiency was the fact that he was kind of hopping in and out with Melvin Gordon earlier in his career. He's not a big guy. I think he's at the wear and tear of being a number one back for someone that small. I think it's going to, I'm just, he's one of those players and I don't wish injury on anybody, but if you were to tell me Eckler missed a significant amount of time last year with injuries, I would not be shocked. And he, and like you mentioned, Eric, he's probably not going to be the goal line back and his value is now as high as like a second round pick. And I am not touching someone like Austin Eckler in the second round. I know he gets a lot of catches. I know he he gets a lot of carries, but also he has he had Phil Rivers throwing him the ball, who loves throwing to his running backs, and he's now as Tyrod Taylor, who is probably going to scramble a lot more, and then you have Justin Herbert, who's inexperienced. I'm part of me is just very 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 shaky at taking Eckler as a second round pick. What's your rebuttal for that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there are some injury concerns, and two years ago he did get hurt. I mean, you're talking about he he didn't have um, multiple games with a lot of carries. Well, my rebuttal is he had 92 catches. Only Christian McCaffrey had more catches at the running back position. I think for the Chargers, getting rid of Phillip Rivers signified that they were ready to turn the corner and letting Melvin Gordon go. But the fact that they kept Eckler and extended him before they even need to be, you're right, you can't predict injuries. And he is a smaller guy. But I think he is going to get a full workload right away, and especially in fantasy. I think you want to win as many weeks possible. You're not going to worry about, oh, is he going to get a full workload as you might with Miles Sanders, with Doug Peterson doing a running back by committee. I think you know from the jump it's going to be Eckler's job until he potentially gets hurt. All right. I'll let you continue with your analysis. Go ahead. Okay. My bust, and I'd like to preface this by saying, his name uh, goes with the best fantasy name I've ever heard, Milf Hunter Henry. And I say he is a bust for his ADP. Um, he's going as tight end six to eight. And for me, that's just way too high. I think the top three are in a class of its own. And I know a lot of people wait to take tight ends until the later rounds, but he's injury prone. And we were just talking about Austin Eckler. Hunter Henry hasn't played a full season yet. You go last year, he had one 100-yard game. And he had 70 yards plus in three out of 12 games. But that, to me, that doesn't justify the early pick. He has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. They drafted Joe Reed and KJ Hill, rookie wide receivers. And you're also not going to have Phillip Rivers throwing him the ball. And as we've seen Might over be a good the past, thing. Well, as we've seen over the past 15, <laughs> 16 years, Phillip Rivers loves throwing to his tight ends, whether it was Antonio yeah. Gates, Ladarius Green, which got him a big contract with the Steelers at the time. 
Tyrod Taylor might like to scramble more and might like to take more shots downfield. So I think for somebody that can't stay healthy and is ba- and is playing with a new quarterback, I don't see him being, you know, I'd feel closer taking him at the end of the draft or, you know, ninth or 10th. To me, that's just a little too early. And my sleeper, I so I, I just like to point out Keenan Allen has slipped in drafts, and I think the hate has gone way too far because he's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons and has stayed healthy. But my sleeper is the Chargers D. So you add what? Lin- yes. You add, add Linval yes. Joseph, Chris Harris, idea. and Kenneth Murray. Your teams, Melvin Ingram, are all going to stay healthy. They play Kansas City Week 17, so if you're in a standard league, they're only going to play them once, and that's in L.A. They face the Broncos twice, which I love when defenses face a young quarterback because I think you can get some sacks on them. The Raiders twice, which they had six sacks against the Raiders last year. The Panthers, which have the worst offensive line and not mobile quarterback. Bengals with a rookie quarterback. Dolphins with a potential rookie starting quarterback. Jags and Jets. So I think there's a lot of favorable matchups. And especially with a really good pass rush, I think the Chargers could be a top five defense. Wow, we're talking defense on this show. I, you know, I put it on Twitter today. I am someone that takes defenses and kickers early and hit on the Bears a few years ago, hit on the 49ers last year. So just saying. Kickers, I almost get because sometimes Justin Tucker can put up 15 points and it makes you feel real bad when your RB1 gets 12 or something. Exactly. Right. Most accurate kicker in NFL history. Yeah. Fair point. It's just boring when you bring up defenses. <laughs> it's unusual. <laughs> any clap back for any of Eric's takes from either John or Jacob? Um, I I think maybe Henry does a little better because Philip Rivers is thrown with a wet noodle back there. He was throwing some ducks against the Raiders too, so maybe it might be good to have somebody with an actual arm that's not worn out. Yeah, and so when you were talking about Eckler and Allen and Henry and everything, I'm kind of scared like – you know, like David was saying earlier, I'm scared of the quarterback position just because what if the Chargers do struggle and they turn to Justin Herbert? I don't know how well Herbert's going to do with the last half of the season, even though Eric did say that, you know, you might as well win as many games as possible at first and then you deal with it later. I mean, I totally get that strategy. It's just when I think of drafting a Charger, I'm just a little bit worried that they're going to turn to their early round draft pick Herbert earlier than probably than what Herbert will be ready. So I'm a little bit scared off, even though I agree with the Chargers defense. They they are nasty. They are mean, you know, like with Bosa um, and their rookie linebacker Murray. I think that was a great pick. And Derwin James. I mean, that's a scary defense. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think I think you guys all touched on it. I think. Chargers are going to come back with a really good defense. And uh, is it bad that I get, um, uh, what's his name, that I get uh, uh, Josh Rosen vibes from Justin Herbert? I am not a Justin uh, Herbert guy. I, I, yeah, I wasn't either. into him. I wasn't into him as a draft pick, so totally behind you there. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I, it's a little mean, but <laughs> until we see what Herbert can do, I mean, I can't argue it because I don't, because I haven't seen much from Herbert yet. I don't like his last name, and I, I don't know if I can take a player if I don't like their last name. You know what I think <laughs> of? You just think of, you want some chocolate? 
Uh, oh God, from Family Guy. <laughs> Get your it's muscly arms back here. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll probably cut that one out, David, so you don't traumatize the children. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's move on over to our question of the week. John, who are we not sponsored by this week? Um, we're sponsored by Rum, brand sponsorship pending. Um, I've been on vacation for the past weekend, and you know it's a versatile drink. You know it has a beachy vibe. You can just you know put in a coke. You can just you know maybe take a shot or two of it. You know it comes in clear, dark, spiced, flavored rum, which I don't really get into, but you can. But hey, don't take my word for it. Pour yourself one. Oh, Captain wow, Morgan, wow. give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> They need you as the spokesman for any rum commercial at this point. <laughs> Fast forward 20 years, and it's going to be John on the label of Captain Morgan. <laughs> if he had a bigger camera, I'd be like, let's see your Captain Morgan pose. <laughs> well, this week's question, which NFL player, past or present, has the best Twitter handle? So I would start with the guest first. So, Jacob, who's your Twitter handle king? All righty. Hopefully I... Uh, Hopefully I didn't steal anyone's here, but uh, I'm gonna go with Russell Wilson, quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. His Twitter handle Ooh, is is yeah. Danger Russ Wilson. I mean, how great is that? You know, it's absolutely fitting giving his incredible play on the field. He is extremely dangerous. So I love That's it. That's a good one. I think so. <laughs> he yeah, that was a good choice. Uh, John, what about your pick? Um, our, our guy, Darius Geist, the sickest, even though he's on again, off again with Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I think he might be off again right now. I just tried, Is to, he? tried to look. Yeah, he's off the Twitter again, but um, the sickest, it's the sickest name. And I do think we kind of missed out. I wish Twitter was around back in the day because players used to have cooler nicknames back then, like Ed Too Tall Jones. Like mm-hmm. that would be, a, he could make a cool Twitter handle out of that. Mean we, Joe Green. Exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. yeah. Good call, Love Jacob. It. Um, it's funny because when we had guys on and uh, I was like, is it Dehusicus or is it Dusicus? I was like, I should have like asked it before we recorded, but I think you're right. I think it's, I think it's Dusicus. Uh, Eric, what about you? What, who's your pick? David, I'll let you go first because I know you're going to say Tyreek Hill. I had two names written down, so. Was one Tyreek Hill? Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Tyreek Tyreek Hill's uh, Twitter handle should be inmate five nine one two seven. He is a Real. child abuser. You forget, David. <laughs> well, I don't forget. I just look over it. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you talk about yours. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're gonna let me talk about Tyreek Hill, then I will talk about Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's pick whichever one of the two he's had. Uh, his old name used to be Faster Than Ya, which I think <laughs> is awesome because I, I don't know why he changed that, but. Uh, he's mostly because he always gives his little uh, peace signs every single time he goes in the end zone. So I always think it's just like deuces, but, um, and then his current name right now is cheetah. And I know that's like his brand now. So I know that's why he, he's likes to be known strictly cheetah. Um, but I think anytime faster than you cheetah, pretty catchy names. If you got two good ones. You're definitely my pick. I, mean, I, hope, you, I hope you say yeah. bolt goes to his Twitter and says, no, you're not. <laughs> Jacob, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, to have a Twitter name that just explains it all, 
you know, like Cheetah. I mean, it's it's simple, but it's exactly who he is. But I would like to see I I would like to see that race between him him and Bolt. That that'd be fun. That would be awesome. I, I, is there anybody in the league right now that's even like considered close to his speed? Someone that like um, they're like, oh, he's not faster than this guy. Jacoby Ruggs, Ford, maybe, <laughs> maybe Hardman. I don't know his teammate. I don't know. He he beat Hardman. I know that. Oh, okay. um, Jacoby Ford, if he was still in the league, our guy. Yes, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how fast Rugs looks uh, getting some some deep balls from Mariota or some slants. Fair enough. <laughs> Shade on Car. <laughs> love it all right Eric, cap it off all right i had a few and they didn't get taken but for mine it's saquon barkley and it's just at saquon and he has just one of those names like just like lebron like he's the only saquon and Says that's reserved that's reserved for him just plain and straight to the point <laughs> love I it I should have had you lead off because that was kind of a bland one to end with. We're, we're talking for, defenses and we're talking first names here on the podcast. <laughs> honorable mention to Jamal Adams for being at Prez. That is a good, <laughs> really? that's a good one. Yeah, just nice. P-R-E-Z. I feel like Trump is mad that he can't have that name because Jamal Adams Can you has imagine? it. <laughs> I, I give you props for finding that because I was like looking for a good 10 minutes and I was like, all right, I'm just going with old faithful Tyreek Hill. That you had to dig to find that, so I'll give you props for that. Oh yeah. Um, all right, let's move to our last segment this week, and that is our game of the week. John, you are hosting this week's game. He's been hyped about it. I'm excited to win. What are we playing? So th- I'll give you a quote, and you have to tell me whether it was said by a football coach or a philosopher. So, uh, so our first quote. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. What do you guys think? Philosopher. I'm going to so go. I... Go, go ahead, David. Um, I actually think that is a football coach, and that really sounds like something that Bill Parcells would say. I Ooh, don't know yeah, bonus it's... points. Bonus points if you get the correct philosopher or coach. Okay, I'm going to go with coach and Bill Parcells. <laughs> philosopher Socrates. <laughs> 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 if it's a if, if we're naming philosophers, I probably won't get very many. So I'll, I think this one is a coach, though football coach. Um, I'm sure coaches have used it, but this was first used by Seneca the Younger, a Roman Stoic philosopher. Uh, so oh. Eric gets that one. Let's end the game now. <laughs> He's <laughs> on the board. Uh, my next one is the superior man blames himself; the inferior man blames others. That's uh, a great quote. Hmm. Why don't we keep doing so? Eric, you started first, and then Jacob, then me. So, Jacob, why don't you start this time? All right. I'm going to go with head coach, and I'm going to go with Rex Ryan. Oh, <laughs> not enough feet talk in that one. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you're not going to do two philosophers in a row. I think this is definitely a coach. Okay. Uh, I think it's a coach as well, and I'm going to say it's Jimmy Jackson. This was Don Shula, uh, coach of the, obviously, the Dolphins. All right, all right. My next next one, adversity is an opportunity for heroism. Hmm. All right, I'll start. I'm saying that's a philosopher. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, go ahead, man. Sorry. Oh, uh, um, uh, can you say the quote one more time? Adversity is an opportunity for heroism. I'm going to say it's a coach. I'm going to go with a philosopher as well, and I'll say Plato for extra points. <laughs> that was uh, Marv Levy. Uh, Bill's coach, who notably went to four straight Super Bowls and lost. So a lot of adversity and very little opportunity for heroism for him. Seriously. <laughs> Eric, are you three for three? Uh, yeah. Eric, man, killing it. So we have our next one. Success depends on previous preparation. And without such preparation, there's sure to be failure. Hey, Eric, I think you're starting this one. That's a philosopher. I'm going to go Aristotle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with philosopher as well. It's too long and it just sounds, you know, it, you know, it sounds, it sounds too astute. Uh, okay. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to my, I'm going to go back to my boy Plato on that. <laughs> well, it's one of those things when you're taking a test and you see both other people marked A. And so you're like, all right, if we're all getting it wrong, we're all getting it right. So I'm going to go the same answer. David, as a teacher, you wouldn't allow that. <laughs> I'll just turn my back and whatever happens, happens. That was uh, Confucius, a Chinese philosopher. Now, our next one is a good decision is based on knowledge and not numbers. Uh, I'm going to go with a uh, football coach. And who's an analytical football coach? I'll say Kyle Shanahan. See, I think you have numbers in there as a curveball because we're going to mm. think it's a coach. So I'm going to say it's a philosopher. I'm going to go coach and uh, Jimmy Johnson. Good, good. If that means if I get it right, I'm back in this game. Go ahead. <laughs> that was Plato, an Athenian philosopher. Oh, Plato, my God. Boy. Yes. Shoot. Yes. Classic. <laughs> uh, this next one, success is measured by your discipline and inner peace. Okay. So success is measured by your discipline and your inner peace. Sounds like a football coach would say that before going out for a big game. So I'm going to say football coach. Yeah, I feel like you're trying to trick us on that one. I'm going to go football coach and uh, Sean Payton. I guess he seems kind of zen. <laughs> um, you know, I'll just go the other way on that. I'll say a philosopher. And I don't know if this gentleman was a philosopher, but I'm going to say it was Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> and this was and this would be the surprising part as a football coach but uh it was the zen mike ditka who is, is uh, certainly known for uh, being a very zen right <laughs> super zen yes. come back kid okay. baby come back kid here we go anticipate the difficult by managing the easy eric i think you start anticipate the difficult by what managing by the easy uh, I'm going to go philosopher. And once again, I don't think Aristotle was said, so I'll just go with him. I'll go football coach and Mike Shanahan. I think you're throwing another curveball, John. <laughs> David loves to overthink these things. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a football coach. Uh, that one is Lao Tzu, Chinese philosopher and founder of Taoism. Dang. Six for seven. Woo! Yeah, Eric, oh, Eric, you might be the most zen in the house. <laughs> I was right there with him until I only had one more run than him. 
you will next one you will never do anything in this world without courage is the greatest quality of the mind next to honor i'm gonna go with philosopher and uh back to plato <laughs> you guys are cycling through the same two names <laughs> yeah <laughs> shows our philosophy knowledge i haven't even said one right uh i'm going football coach i figured out i can win if i just copy david's answer don't, so don't, don't, don't do that don't do that you take away the integrity of the game you cheater. yeah don't do that um can you say the quote one more time i was too busy focusing on david's reaction you will never do anything in this world without courage is the greatest quality of the mind next to honor. That that does sound like a football coach. And <sighs> Bill Belichick. That was Aristotle, Greek philosopher, who you guys had mentioned a couple times. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> nice. So we've got two left. Uh, the first one is leaders are made, they are not born. They are oh. made by hard effort, which is the price all must pay to achieve any goal that is worthwhile. 100% football coach. I will wager all my points on that one. <laughs> Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Final football Jeopardy coach too, and I think that's Vince Lombardi. I'm going I'm to go football coach too, and uh, I just want to be funny. I'll say Marvin Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you are the first one with bonus points. That was Vince Lombardi. Oh, my nice. God. So I think, I think Eric may have already won, but we'll do the last one. No, let, let us wager all our points. <laughs> There's no Another desperation have. attempt by our host. <laughs> our, great, our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fall. I am going to go philosopher and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm philosopher. I'll go philosopher as well, and I will go with, <laughs> oof, um, my gosh, uh, I don't, you know what, I'll just go with a philosopher. I'm not going to say Plato again. No, you all were <laughs> expecting me to say Plato. I was. I know. <laughs> nope. David? I'm going coach, and I'm going Bill Cower. Uh, this was Confucius again, the only repeat uh, individual on the list. And it, it sounds a lot like the Sylvester Stallone. It's not how hard you you get hit or whatever. It's how hard you get hit and get back up. But uh, no, it was Confucius first. Sylvester Stallone stole it from him, I know. So I think Eric was the winner. I don't even have to uh, figure out the final score. Well, let's see who came in second. How many, <laughs> how many points, Jacob? Uh, I had five. <laughs> Same, I had five as well. I had nine. I almost beat you guys combined. Wow. <laughs> I'm tired well, you all I busted you guys. Gosh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. The Lombardi one really did us in though. That was that was good. Well, Jacob and I, I I think once you caught on that I was trying to trick you, it made some of them a little too easy. The the Dicka one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talking yeah, about inner peace. Yeah. Jacob and I, after the pot are over, are going to be like looking up philosophers. <laughs> Absolutely. We need to get more than just Plato, Aristotle. I mean, this is sad. <laughs> You're, we look very uneducated on this podcast. Very. <laughs> well, man, hey, this was awesome, man. Jacob, thanks for coming on our show. We really appreciate having you on. 
Absolutely, guys. It, guys, it, it was a pleasure. And again, if you want to follow Jacob, he's at Ain't Done Yet on Twitter. And again, puts out great content, great tweeter. Uh, again, go follow him. Check out his stuff. Again, thanks for your time, Jacob. Hope we'll do this again sometime soon. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you. Study up. <laughs> we'll do. <deal. laughs>